So here we are. Welcome back to the Running 44 at 60 podcast. And welcome back, Richard Moore. Ah, nice to, nice, nice to be back in these uh, plague years. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Richard, you are the first returning guest on this podcast. So what, you know, how do you feel about that? That must be, that must be a great honour. <laughs> Well, yes, yes, it is. I mean, I'm, I'm delighted that I'm at my age. I'm delighted that I'm still here a year later. It, it must, must, must be all that running, you know. It probably does good things for you. Well, last time you were on the podcast, it, unbelievably, it was September 2019 before we knew anything that was going to happen like we've been through over the last few months and all that sort of stuff. And we were just enjoying life and enjoying park run and running generally and all that. So... So, you know, I've hardly seen you since, but, um, but so what have you been up to and how have you coped without park run and things? Well, I miss it. I, 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 I miss it a great deal. I'm, my contribution, because of my, you know, aged and dodgy knee, um, which went bad from begging for jobs from a lifetime in show business, um, <laughs> I, I escaped all my running injuries, and you know I got got by, but my knee has made it difficult. The answer is, as far as part run is concerned, I used to, I used to, as you probably remember, I used to jog it once a month, and the other three times I used to um, marshal it, and I loved marshalling. Yeah, uh, I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I, I get, su- I got such a buzz out of it, and that's I, that's what I miss. I miss the social side of it. I mean, you can always, I can always find time to do a bit of, you know, jogging and running in my own time. But I miss that social thing of a Saturday morning. It was such a, a jolly thing to do. And as as the numbers grew, you know, up into the two hundreds, it was just fantastic on that lovely course too. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, when I, you know, when 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 I was doing a bit of marshalling, I I used to try and get the uh, position at the top of the hill so i could uh, try and encourage people to to you know just to avoid death's door slightly and keep on going for those last 10 yards when they no, were that, it, it was just because you were a sadist <laughs> i i used to like the field entrance i became a fixture at the field entrance oh, fact, well, that's, that's, yes, one or two people right. were kind enough to say we missed you if i wasn't there you know what I mean? Now, for those of you wondering what on earth part run we're talking about, we're talking about Trelissic near Truro. And, we um, are. And Richard, of course, at the field entrance, the, there is a famous field at the Trelissic Park Run, which we try not to tell new runners about. We, we like <laughs> them to find out for themselves rather than uh, have any preconceived ideas. But, of course, at the field entrance, Richard, you also were at the field exit, of course, weren't you? So you were getting runners both ways. Yeah, that's right. It was fantastic, that. I remember watching people come down. I think my heart used to be in my mouth because... As you stand there, marshalling, of course, your your back is to the a very deep river, and uh, and people used to come hurtling down, particularly in wet weather. They 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 wear it as a badge of honour. They say, I, I only fell three times. They say, <laughs> covered in mud. The worst ones were the ones that used to run with the children in their prams. Because well, I thought oh. I'm going to one one day I'm going to have I'm going to have to choose between a parent and a child. Well, of course, it would be the child, wouldn't it? The parent could go into the river, but you wouldn't. <laughs> but I, I didn't know whether I was strong enough to catch a, a speeding pram. Anyway, it never happened. Well, I, I think my <laughs> scariest moment as a park run runner was at Lanhydrock when I was following somebody with one of those buggies with just one wheel on the front. And oh, were, yes. And, yeah, were, yeah. and it's very, there was quite a bit of rough terrain at the time, and they were going quite quickly, and the wheel came off the front. And um, oh, no. the, yeah, the buggy went straight over the top. The the runner went with it, 
I mean, the baby was, uh, or the little child, whoever's in it, was strapped in, was uh, was absolutely fine, but a little bit shocked. And and um, everybody stopped, of course, to check that everything was okay. And then once we realised everyone was okay, I went off to try and find the wheel. <laughs> and it was literally about 20 <laughs> yards further down the course. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, on, on, on the baby note, too, the other thing that used to bother me was that um, uh, you would often get uh, a, a lady runner who would be heavily pregnant but determined to keep up her mile. And I used to worry at the bottom of the hill that by the time they got to the top, you know, labour might have started. Somebody like yourself would be saying, get me plenty of towels and hot water. You know? yeah, <laughs> and that... she'd come down the hill with a, with a baby swaddled in a, in a well, running shirt. You know? Well, yeah, I, I, checked, I hadn't checked the uh, martial uh, job description for the top of the hill to whether it included being able to deliver a baby or not. You know, I hadn't thought of that well, one. Well, it was, ter- it was terrifying. I, I used to be given charge of the defibrillator, and that used to <laughs> used to worry me. <laughs> was that... that was the it's a sort of halfway point, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, goodness mm. me. Well, let's hope that that's never, ever needed to be used, but, you know, just yes, in indeed. case. And, uh, yes, indeed. Yes. Um, well, I, I, look, I looked at it as, as being for myself rather than for the runners, you know. I just <laughs> might be useful, you know, if somebody can resuscitate me. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I, what I came yeah. across the other day, Richard, um, after I bumped into you in town, um, I remember that, it was, of course, it was Halloween recently, and this time last year we did the Halloween park run, and um, I'm pretty sure somewhere on, on the digital photo album I've got a picture of you and I dressed up for the Halloween park run. That's right. It came up on my um, my Facebook page. Did today. it? You know, the, the, Did it? They oh, say okay. a year ago, and there was a picture of you and I, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, you, you and I together, yeah. I was dressed all in black, and you were... You were in your shorts and some kind of gimp mask. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll do we'll do we'll do it again. This horrible thing won't last forever, and no. uh, you know we'll 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 find ourselves out there again sometime yeah. next year. I'm sure when we've all had our vaccinations, hopefully, and uh, and and we can mm. socialise again. Yeah. So uh, me, meanwhile, on, on the socialising front, I have to say, could, could I put in a bit of a plug for? Truro Running Club and the way they've responded to the um, yeah absolutely Richard yeah to the present circumstances because yeah. I, I I follow them on their site and uh, and they they've responded in the most wonderful way I mean endless uh, virtual competitions and socially distanced runs and. You know, it's been very exciting, and they're, they're to be congratulated on the way they've dealt with it. Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. The, the captains' challenges, uh, with which the uh, captains' challenges, Claire yes. and Claire and Alex have been organising supremely well, as you say. I think it's been terrific the way they've been motivating everybody uh, to to keep running and all that sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, yeah, been really, really good. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I feel tired. Just I feel tired just looking at it. <laughs> well, I was I was I was a bit late to the party actually because I'm I'm I, I'm not a prolific Facebook user. I kind of missed the first two challenges, but I'd managed to squeeze my way into one of the teams for the for the third and fourth and fifth challenges. I think, but. Uh, yeah, I think I think one of the um, for me there was one that included how far can you run between five a.m. and eight a.m. <laughs> and um, and I thought this was I this was in September. And I thought, well, this is where my chance is because no, you know who was going to do that except someone like Rob Standing. Who else is going to you know do that sort of thing? So mm. um, so I planned it for a Saturday morning when I knew the weather was favourable. And um, a lot of those challenges in that particular one, I think there were seven or eight to choose from, um, were age adjusted. 
So I thought, yeah, I'm going to even benefit even more now. I'm going to get a huge age adjustment, you know. So I did my 17 and a bit miles between 5 a.m. and 8 a.m., literally running along the top road in Truro, the flattest bit I could find, just lap after lap, only to discover after I finished it wasn't age adjusted. Oh, Oh, no, no, no. It was was the run through Idlis Woods. Uh, that that uh, scared me. You know, I, I, I looked at the, uh, the the mapping for it, and, and indeed the written instructions. And I thought, I, if I went into this, which I'd never come out. Okay, I'd, I, would, <laughs> be, I thought I'm going to I'm going to give that one a miss. <laughs> well, I did the St. Clement. But many, but many people did. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I did the St. Clement Woods one um, on Saturday, and it's it's a, it was advertised as a 10k course, and I thought I kind of knew where I was going. And then um, uh, when my 10K arrived at the, you know, on my watch to say I'd done 10K, I was still a, 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 a kilometre and a half from the finish. So somewhere in those woods, I got completely lost as well. So um, there we go. Oh, I, I, I'm always, uh, yes, I mean, my, my, my internal GPS, as anybody will tell you from my cycling club, one and all, um, uh, is, is not good. Uh, but thanks to Garmin's and things these days, you can get round. And I think all the years that I spent running from the late well, late 60s onwards, uh, I, I was grateful that it was all road running and <laughs> it was all signposts. Because <laughs> yeah. the idea of doing any any off-road stuff, I'd never have come back. Well, I, 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 was, in the, I was in the woods on Saturday and there was a, an opportunity to turn left. And, and I thought, well, do I turn left now? Because, you know, at that point, the course wasn't in my memory. And I was wearing my contact lenses because it was wet, so I can't read anything in the lenses. So it was pointless having a phone with me. So uh, anyway, so, so you, have you been ticking over, Richard? Have you been getting out and doing some running anyway? Yes, I have. Uh, you know, again, nursing along the, the knee. I had great hopes uh, of doing the London Marathon this year. Right, um, right. Wow. But uh, for the simple reason that it's 40 years, it would have been 40 years since I did the very first one. Wow. Uh, wow. In, in 1981. I thought that had a symmetry to it. So yes. I persuaded myself that I was going to do it for brain research. And, uh, and indeed, the training was going wonderfully well. And my knee was, you know, okay, really. I mean, thanks to ibuprofen and things like that. Uh, and I got up to half marathon sort of distances. And then, of course, you know, COVID happened and the lockdown. And it became fairly obvious to me quite quickly that they were never going to be able to do it. You can't, you can't put, you know, 40,000 people and all those spectators out. And I was, I became terrified of even going to the signing on. Right. You know what I mean? Because, you know, all those thousands of people milling around, picking up your numbers and all the rest of it. Of course, it was then changed into um, one of the COVID hospitals, wasn't it? The Excel Center became a a COVID hospital. Okay. Somebody said to me, "Well, you should go along anyway, and you know, you could, you could if you're taken ill, there'll be a hospital there at the same time." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Don't be silly." Anyway, so so that that faded, and I I really didn't feel up to doing the virtual one. Although again, many people did, particularly the uh, Turo Roadrunners, uh, yeah. the, the Turo uh, Running Club people, and uh, more power to their elbow. But I I, I certainly wasn't up to running a. a a marathon sort of on my own uh, it would have so, been impossible so yes so i am picking over I, I do at the moment i'm doing uh, alternative cycling days and uh, and jogging days and in yeah. fact i'm doing um a little project i've got going you know you've got to have these things uh, in your sights is um, is running a modest and very modest 
thousand in say, fifty miles in November. Not fifty miles in one go, but fifty miles over November. Okay, great. Uh, well, that's for really dim- good. for dim- for dementia UK. So right. uh, that's my little project. And and I have to say that they they they've made a, again an enormous effort because the charities, of course, have suffered really badly from uh, the lack of funds. You know, from fundraisers. And of course, running is particularly uh, good at that. Um, but since in the first 20 days when they floated this idea, which was very good to make it so modest because it means that people could walk it or jog it or whatever, you know, they raised a quarter of a million in the wow. first 20, 20 days. Wow, that's tremendous. Uh, so how, how do people sponsor you, Richard, and, and, and encourage you to do your 50? Where can they uh, do they, that? They, they, They'll see they'll see my posts. Uh, those who are on Facebook, it's all done through Facebook because I've used the Facebook uh, donation okay. thing. So, so if they, if they see it, um, I've already got about um, I think two hundred and sixty-three pounds out of the three hundred that I wanted to raise. I, I said one hundred and fifty to begin with. That seemed more than enough because people get lots of requests, don't they, for yeah to support yeah. charities, and then you know people can't do it all the time. But I have to say that the dementia. Uh, site, the Dementia Facebook page, if people want to go onto it, is full of the most, you know, awful but inspiring stories. Yeah. Dementia is an awful thing and it touches so many people, uh, not only elderly people, of course, but the early onset dementia stories are you know, awful, yeah. just awful. And people are doing it for that reason because, you know, the, it's their father, it's their mother, it's their uncle, it's you know who anybody it can touch, and uh, so it's a, it's a worthwhile charity. So if anybody yeah. has a, a well, bother to, well, it'd um, be welcome. Yeah, what I'll do, Richard, is I will I will find that link on your Facebook page, and I will then put it. There, there are always show notes that go with these podcasts, so people can um, when they oh, download them, and I'll, I'll stick it in there, and uh, hopefully one or two people will find it, and I'll I'll also put a link into somewhere on my. Um, 44 at 60 page on my website as well so uh, oh, brilliant. that'd Thank be you. great so are you has your entry been deferred then for london for next year have you got a chance to do it next year Which yeah, yes I, yes I, yes i have but i'll be a year older <laughs> you know well, that, that's that's the that's the problem well, it doesn't have quite the same symmetry i love the idea of doing it in 40 years later that, that's well won't it won't, I, I know it was the 40th race this year but won't it be 40 mm. years later next year well, it would. It, it would, yes. Te- yes, technically it would. Well, Are you trying you to go. persuade me? I think, I found, persuade I, think me, I found a loophole in your system here, Richard. I did a bit of research on this first one mm. that you took part in, and you might not know this, but 20,000 mm. people applied, but you were one of 7,747 that were accepted and one of 7,005 that started and presumably one of 6,255 that finished. So tell us a little bit about yeah. that, that, that whole adventure, Richard, running that first London marathon. Well, it, 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 it was quite extraordinary. I mean, running road running, in a way, came of age, I think, at that point. They had been in, in London, where I was living at the time, because the, the Sunday Times were quick to hop onto the idea of the Sunday Times fun run. So a lot of, uh, you know, everybody was jogging in those days. In fact, there was a magazine called Jogging Magazine, and uh, uh, that's what people did. And gradually, you know, it became, you started getting a bit fitter, and, of course, you started to enter races. I joined Highgate Harriers 
uh, illustrious running club and uh, uh, they were very welcoming to newcomers. I used to plod along at the back there and then they announced they had Chris British announced they had the London Marathon. But of course, you know, I thought, well, I'll give that a go and I did it with a, 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 a friend. Uh, another actor, and uh, we were working together at the time, so we thought we'd, we'd enter it. And it was just a, the most extraordinary build-up, an extraordinary day, and it seemed huge at the time, of course, you know, because you'd never seen so many runners. It was a very wet day. I remember starting out from Blackheath there and from Greenwich, and um, it was an extraordinary event. I, I remember running on my own for great stretches of it. I think I finished in 3 hours 17 or something like that. But I remember running on my own all the way down the mall with people, you know, chanting your number and all that and shouting encouragement. And you finished alongside Buckingham Palace on Birdcage Walk in those days. Right. And it was, it was, it was, it was extraordinary, yeah. Uh, it was fantastic. The following week was interesting because the following week when you started to go out for your run or your jog or whatever, it, it was noticeable that people stopped saying, pick your feet up, Dad, <laughs> and, uh, and get a move on. You know, is that, all, is that the best you can do? Suddenly, because everybody wanted a slice of it. But of course, the following year, it took off, and the rest is, yeah. well, running history, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so, so 39 years later, of course, we're, you know, we're bombarded with information about running, from running shoes to what gels mm. and all that. So... You know, back in 1981, did you did you did you carry anything with you, like a gel or a drink or, or no, nothing like that no, at all. No, no nothing, nothing. In in fact, in fact, I, I seem to remember that because it was a cold day. I think I think I ran. I think I put a shirt on, an old shirt underneath my <laughs> underneath my running vest, and uh, I I had a pair of Nike trainers with those rather thin soles. They were the well, I, I, I was rather proud of wearing them and things like that. And I, I had a pair of yellow Run Hill gloves, I remember, against the cold, you know, and, uh, be able to wipe your brow. I, I was never fond of headbands. People used to wear headbands. Oh, yeah. You look like an old, you look like an old rock group. <laughs> you know, I didn't like that. So I used to wipe the sweat from my brow with these Run Hill gloves, yeah. You didn't need to wipe sweat that day because it was pouring down all day. Oh, oh was it? And were the, yeah, were, very wet, were the very streets wet. lined with spectators like they are now? Or? It, it, it seemed like it, but I suspect it wasn't. But they were, the, yeah, because they were less uh, less friends and family out and things like that. But it, 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 nobody had seen anything like it, of course. It was quite extraordinary yeah. for London to be taken over like that. Now, I understand that 10 of your fellow runners that day have gone on to run every single one since. So did you do any more London marathons, Richard? I did two more. Yeah, okay. I did two. Yeah, yeah. I, I got my best time. I think that I did two fifty-eight and, and a bit. Right. Oh, brilliant. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, and then I then then the following time I got sort of old and fat and <laughs> I managed four hours or something like that. <laughs> I was gradually getting slower, you know. And in fact, had I done it this year, I was I would I would have had to walk and jog it. But you know, listen, there's no. Uh, yeah. Nothing wrong with well, that. Uh, you know, you do you do what you can. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, on your CV, you 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 took part in an event which is you know hugely historical, isn't it? And of course, you know, you had the, indeed, yeah, you had the uh, yeah. Ingrid Christiansen and Dick Beardsley, the Norwegian and the and the American finishing together. You know, arms all to, that hands together in uh, you know in just under two hours twelve minutes. You know, which would have yeah. Which would have meant they were um, about ten minutes behind Kipchoge's time of last year. But <laughs> but I, yeah. what was interesting in the research I did, Richard, was that apart from those two, um, 
the rest of the top ten were all from all British runners. Every single one of them, from the guy, a guy called Trevor Wright came third, and a guy called Don Faircloth came tenth. And all it was all British runners right. in between. Which um, yeah, yeah. And and in 2019, the last time it was run, Callum Hawkins came tenth as the first British runner. So times have changed. But interestingly, um, you know, the times haven't got massively quicker, have they? You know, those guys, 2.12, you know, 40 years ago, it's only gone down by about 10 minutes or less than 10 minutes, really, on the London Marathon. Yeah, so. I don't think they can, can they? There's only so much a human body can do, isn't there? You know, I mean, we've had a sub, um, you know, two-hour marathon now, but in running very special conditions. Yeah. I mean, still impressive, still impressive, but... Um, you know, the, the human frame can only stand so much. It's terrifying to think of the speed that they run at, isn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, an average an average runner now, an average club runner, I mean, would, would be below three hours anyway. And uh, when you get beyond that, you know, you have to work harder and harder for smaller and smaller gains. Yeah. And it hurts. Once you start to speed up like that, it actually hurts. In fact, curiously, I, I, I used to think that there was very little difference between I did lots of other marathons as well, and and uh, the various times, you know, they all seem to produce the same amount of pain, because <laughs> how much training you'd done, you know what I mean? So it was just as painful to run three and a half hours as it was to run two hours 58 somehow. It was weird, you know, yeah. because you could never tell what was going to happen on the day with marathon running. There were one or two, I used to call it... Because you never know what's going on in your own body. In those days, before we all had phones and electronics and computers and things, I used to log all my stuff. I loved it. I'm a bit of a nerd about that. And I used to log all my stuff, write it all down, my training patterns and what was happening. And then some days I'd think, oh, you know, we all runners run this kind of days. I thought, well, I'm going to knock off a PB. I never raced against <laughs> anyone else, but I raced against my own times, you know. And I think, I'm going to knock off a PB. And then you run like an old dog on the day. And you think, what Where did? What happened there? And then the, the reverse happens. You know, you arrive at a line, you know, you put on four pounds, a bit too much carbohydrate loading, and as we all used to do. And and, and you would pop off a PB. And it, it, it always used to perplex me and give me great respect for, like, you know, Olympic athletes who've got to peak. Yeah. <laughs> every four years. I mean, how difficult is that? Uh, and there have been some great runners, you know, uh, that have never won an Olympic medal for that very reason, I suppose. You know? and, and Richard, you know, because um, as you said earlier, you know, what, when you were doing that first marathon and others subsequently, you know, your career was as an actor and um, presumably there was always a few nerves around in that profession. So, did you ever get nervous uh, on the start line of a race, particularly one where you thought you were, you know, you were out there to nail it, sort of thing? Yeah, no, I never did because no, my expectations were always low. I was just happy to be to be there at the start line and uh, and enjoy it. You know, yes, you give me great pleasure running. Yeah, I, 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 the fact that I can't do it at the level I used to do it, well, you wouldn't expect that over the years, but uh, it's a, a little source of disappointment to to me. Uh, cycling compensates for it a bit because. You know, as well, there are many runners cycle, as you know, but uh, it's non-load bearing, so it's uh, yeah. it's easier. No, since then, I've been back to London uh, three times now and done the um, ride London Surrey 100 miles on my bike. Oh, so, brilliant! Um, I've I've experienced you know the big city events again, and it's just as exciting. Yeah. Except the the bike is taking the strain. <laughs> <laughs> So one of the things I usually try and ask people to do to sort of round up these interviews, Richard, is, is offer a couple of tips to our listeners who um, 
I assume are runners or potential runners and all that sort of thing. So, you know, with all your experience in the running field, are there any sort of one or two tips you would give to uh, particularly people starting out or eyeing up their first marathon? You know, what would you what would you suggest to them, given what you know now? Well, listen, I'd I'd hesitate to pontificate, but it really is a question of, you know, putting your shoes on and going out the front door and doing what you can, really. Uh, You know, uh, it's not rocket science running. You know, you just have to stumble along and put one foot in front of the other, really. I mean, somebody once described, and quite quite correct, I think physiologists once said, uh, you know, the reason we're running is an endless succession of falling forwards. (laughs) Yeah. Which, which it is, in a, in a sense, and that's all you have to do. And, you know, you, you start small. I mean, nowadays, it's wonderful because people, particularly beginners, you know, they can now, you know, get one of the, if they've got a, a phone, we all have nowadays, by and large, don't we? Um, you know, they can get one of those couch potato to 5K things and, you know, do that and have various people coach you on the way around, telling you when to jog and when to walk and sort of build you up to a 5K, which is, you know, would take you through... Um, a park run, yeah, of course, you know, yeah. quite happily yeah. over over about twelve weeks, and you know, if you, if you get the bug after that, well, you just simply do couch potato to ten k, you know, and see how you get on, and enter a ten k, and well, once you've got the bug, you know what it's like. You keep you keep doing it. Yeah. It's very addictive. Yeah, well, let's hope that you know. I think certainly, I remember when the first lockdown came along because we're recording this just before the start of the second lockdown in the UK, and we um, are. Um, you know, the the Prime Minister said you're allowed to go out and exercise once a day. And, I, I you know, I, I kind of hope that that got inspired people to do just that. You know, this, the weather was fantastic at that time as well. Um, it would be great to think that, you know, more people have, have, have done what you've just said, Richard, open the front door and get out there during this period. And uh, because we all need to look after ourselves a bit, don't we, really? And running is a great way of looking after yourself, isn't it, don't you find? Running is a great way of looking after it. I, I, I can honestly say, I mean, when I, when we finish this, I shall, you know, put my shoes on and go out. Great. Uh, and and what, what, however you feel, you know, if you're feeling a bit down, you always feel better when you come back. Yeah. It's guaranteed. Yeah. It's guaranteed. And there have been endless uh, erudite studies that have proved that. Exactly. But people can prove it for themselves. Just go out and do it. Well, Richard, I feel better just having, you know, recorded this podcast with you. So there you go. <laughs> I don't even have to it's go and pl- do the run now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a pleasure. Give, give me a wave when you speed past me. <laughs> well, Richard, it's great to have you back on the show. And, uh, you know, let's hope we'll, uh, you know, we'll meet up again at Park Road and things like that at some point. And, uh, yeah, yeah, keep that uh, 2021 London Marathon on your, on your fridge as your target. Because, you know, there you go. Here's to Here's to it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'll be great. Nice then, to talk uh, to you. We'll do an interview. Uh, I'll get you to do an interview on the run or something like that. So, uh, <laughs> great stuff. All right, Richard, look after yourself. Take care. Pleasure. Bye. So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. What a great guest Richard Moore is, isn't he? Always great value. Now, don't forget, do try and sponsor Richard for his 50 miles in November. He's raising money for Alzheimer's. It's a really good cause. So find Richard on Facebook and find a link then to his charity page. I'm assuming it's a Just Giving page or something similar. Now, if you'd like to come on the podcast, then do get in touch. Come to me uh, via Trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk. That's the best way of finding me. And let's let's organise an interview. You know, I've got two more people lined up very soon. I've got Stuart Thompson coming on the show. He's going to be talking about his first 100-mile adventure. 
And then I've got Lee Cooper coming on to talk about health and nutrition. So we've got two great guests coming up very soon. It's lockdown time again in the UK here. So, you know, let's uh, let's make the most of it. So if you want to come and share your running adventures, then do get in touch. It'd be great to have you on the show. Right. Thanks very much for listening. Oh, and if you do enjoy listening, don't forget to leave a review. Dead easy to do on your podcast app. That would be fantastic. Right. See you on the next show. Thanks very much.